it is good, Phyllis. A little bit of strain. Just let all that marinate, it'll come out by time. She can be a runaway train now. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's good to wait. <clears throat> I um, <clears throat> have this um, <clears throat> mandate that I felt from the Lord, and I've been, um, <clears throat> I keep coming back to it for direction. It resets me. And um, when you get a word, a prevailing word, one that's like, um, it'll usually be simple and it just is there and you return to it and it sets you back on course, keeps you on course. And we, we all need that, a compass, a spiritual compass. If you don't have that, ask for it. It will keep you focused and keep you from getting distracted. And uh, distraction is a huge enemy and getting pulled into things that aren't yours. Um, there's been a word recently, stay in your lane, that's come up again. So important. Uh, when runners are running track and they all have a lane to stay in, so important to stay in your lane, yeah? You can cause a big wreck out on the, the running track if you get out of your lane and uh, trip another uh, runner or, you know, you'll lose, you know, you lose. It's not good. So uh, stay in your lane. This, this word that came from Kevin uh, was, was so good two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Then Phyllis followed up on some of that. And uh, uh, Nehemiah's call, his whole, his whole message, his whole life, uh, just, just a guy wasn't in the ministry. He was the it was he was the king's uh, cupbearer, and uh, he he felt that he had a burden to the point that the king's like, "Hey, what's wrong with you?" Well, if you want to know, I have this huge. I'm grieving for my city, for my people, that the walls tore down, and uh, that king. He had favor with that king. That king released him to um, to go rebuild the wall. And he did it in the midst of ridicule, did it in the midst of actually more than ridicule. There was the, the Sambalot that was trying to actually uh, deceive him, get him off track, tried incessantly just to get him off the wall, just to get him off track. Anything, any enticement to get him off of what he was actually supposed to be doing. And Nehemiah was an amazing hero because he kept identifying things and fending them off. He kept in his simple, humble way. He stayed on course. And uh, so there's this, this call, the most, is so significant right now. Uh, find your place on the wall. And in our culture, in our Christian culture especially, and um, I was thinking about this again recently, how much we are inundated with the celebrity Christianity. And um, it's not as bad now, but I remember when I first came into the things of the Spirit, there was also this, um, uh, it was in our eyesight, um, and it was the, all the Christian bands and the, and the TV shows and the, and the Christian personalities. And uh, if you were young and you wanted, you wanted to go after the things of the Lord, it was hard not to have your eyes on that. Here's success to get to that point, to get on that show, to write a book, to sing a song, to have a band, to whatever. And it, it, there was, the Lord's just so patient with us. You know, we're like, he's like, well, at least you're running in the right direction. I'm just going to let you go with this for a while. You know? And so um, there's, there's this place as we mature that we do the right things for the right reasons. We want to get to that. We want to want to get to the place where we identify what we're to be doing, and we do that for the right reason, with a with a pure heart. And that takes some work. It it takes some time. And the Lord is patient with us, so we should be patient with other people. And Paul alluded to this. He says some pe preach the gospel for the right reason, some preach it for the wrong reason, but the gospel's going out. Like, huh? I would have shot them all, you know? I would have shot everybody. They're like, oh, bad motive, boom, you know, take them out. Besides, Paul was good at that, if you remember his past reputation. Okay, so anyways. 
We do it with our words. We're so impatient. We want to take things out, take people out, take situations out. And the Lord, he, he, he was patient with you. If you have a good look at your life, you go, oh, hmm. You know, mercy becomes more important the older you get, huh? Patience, the Lord's patience, you're thinking, you know. And um, so in this, um, I'm going to read, I, um, I started a channel on Telegram. I've been sharing with some people. Telegram is just blowing up with popularity and people going to it, um, especially with the censorship and, and all of those things that are going on. And so it's been a place, especially for patriots and, and people that have a, uh, a place, want to express things um, it, it's, that, are, that are good. It's, it's become a place. And there are presidents of uh, uh, leaders of countries that are getting an account on Telegram. So it's, it's really, um, I, I like it. It's been, a good, it's been a good place to go. And um, um, <clears throat> I started a channel called Patriot Pastor um, it's at Patriot I Pastor 55 is, is where it actually is. And uh, I wrote this um, this week <clears throat> in, cons- in, in, uh, in light of the situation we're all living in with our, our world, our country. And um, I wrote this, these words, the world situation is more complex than most of us can comprehend. The anchor for my hope is the confidence that God himself is saving America and liberating nations all around the world. And once you get into this, you realize this isn't just about America. The whole world, there's an outcry of, for justice from the, the population of the entire world. What if, that's a new term I learned, um, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old at my house more often now, and so we watch things like Stinky and Dirty. It's a garbage truck and a little backhoe, and, and they have all their scenarios. And, and at the end of that, it's actually a really good, good show. <laughs> because they're teaching uh, reasoning principles to children, and Stinky and Dirty go, what if? And then there's a little song what if, what if, what if, you know, what if, what if, what if, fill us things that Jace goes, cha, cha. So there's this thing that's going on. What if one of the senior generals in this operation very recently had an encounter with the presence of God where he was confronted and these words, with these words, I am right here in this with you. I am not going anywhere. He was comforted to continue on that I, I heard this happened. The situation that our leaders are in is so fluid. Most believers, many people that started out with believing um, where I'm at, just believing through all of the disappointments, many of them have checked out. I'm tired of the dates. I'm tired of the promises. I would point out something to you. The church has been in this waiting game, the return of the king, the return of the president since the New Testament, okay? The apostles that wrote our Bible, they were like expecting it any time. So it is not, we should be very good at this, still hanging on to the hope that Jesus will return. In his glory, he'll set everything right that has been wrong. He is still coming. But the delay, and interesting, I just turned to Phyllis and I said, you know, these words are meaning more to me all the time, that Jesus said, no one knows but my Father. And I said to her, do you know, the second coming of Jesus could be more fluid than what I think. The, the events, the moment that it happens, because when that moment, that moment does come, there will be 
a line drawn, it will be the end of things, like the end of things, good or bad for many people. Imagine that there are two chess players playing chess. One player moves the ivory pieces and one player moves the black pieces. The player that moves the ivory pieces cares about every part on his board, even the pawns, he cares about them. The player moving the black pieces does not care. And that describes the conflict that is between light and darkness, good and bad, white, black, that's going on right now. The situation, I believe, come to, have come to believe is fluid. We do hear things soon, this month, next month, by this date, by that date. I think a lot of those things that, that come through the pipeline to us are intentional, like they, they think that, they mean that, but then things happen, things, things take place, they find out about things that they cannot, if they make this move, this situation is going to happen, it's going to, to affect a lot of people. And it is global. It actually is global, it's not just our country. I still have full confidence in, in every part of the promise, uh, the, the prophets have been so good, the prophets that I listen to, so consistent, waiting for that thing to happen. But at the right time, because there's so many things in play, We have the prophetic word from a company of prophetic voices that Donald J. Trump will serve this second term. I don't believe there'll be a election 22 or 24. If we don't deal with this situation, those are irrelevant, like they will be irrelevant. This situation must be dealt with now. You will need, not need to fight, I'm quoting a scripture here, you will not need to fight in this battle, position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, 2 Chronicles 20, 17. So in this fight, you're seeing a fight coming, and we went through this chapter several months ago. In this fight, you won't fight, but there is instruction that comes to them. You'll watch, you'll see, you'll stand and see, and it's the same commission to us. Many of us can't fix this problem. It's too big, it's too integrated. Matter of fact, if you go out and try to fight in the wrong way, you'll make a bigger mess, you'll make a bigger problem. For most of us, there's no way to fight except to use the weapons of our warfare uh, that are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So I will raise up, hallelujah, to give cover to those who fight for us. So I would encourage you, utter prayers continually for uh, the military leaders, for the people that are actually um, having to make life and death situations, and it is complicated. One thing I heard come through the pipeline was that there's a third of the flag officers and I had to look that up. The flag officers are the commanders, the generals, the admirals that have so much authority, this is appropriate, proper thing, that they can actually put up a flag, their flag, over a territory to rule there. They have that much authority when it comes to the place, the position that they're fighting for, holding, and contending for. I don't know how many of these there are, but one-third of them are not wanting to go along with the plan. And so that has to be dealt with. I remember reading where there was another one-third that didn't want to go on with the plan and were cast out. So these are difficult things, difficult decisions, and they're complex. Is it too much to ask that we are patient, that we trust and trust mostly in this, God wants to save our nation, our republic, our constitutional republic. It is a kingdom country.
that he initiated that we committed to the purpose of this nation to the Lord from the very onset. We were first. We committed it to him first. And he took us up on and he has raised and saved our nation through all of these things. So take courage. The storm is upon us. Darkness covers the earth. Deep darkness, the people trust God is with us. And he is with people. He loves people. He wants to save people. This week in my um, comfort text um, that you can sign up for from our um, <clears throat> our webpage, um, fellowshipofthebeloved.org or .com. And um, again, back to this scenario of finding your place on the wall. I, if you have a restlessness about where you should engage and what you should be doing at this season of your life, and you're in a season, so it doesn't matter what your focus is. If you have a, a restlessness, like what am I to be doing? That's a great question. You've got the question. You're halfway there. Now pray and ask the Lord to direct you. What am I to be doing? You may ask that about your occupation. If you hate your job and you hate your position, don't hesitate to pray. Commit it to the Lord. Step back. Watch him move things. You have not because you ask not. If you're just in a quandary about, I don't, I don't know, I try to do this, it fails, I try to do that, it fails, I try. stop, pray, commit your way to the Lord. Lord, show me what you want me to put my hand to. I've been in one of those situations when um, I asked um, uh, that question, was asking that question, have been asking that question. One of the things that came was to, um, because of this mandate to comfort is to, uh, to start putting out, I, this phrase just came to me, prescription for comfort. And so I did that. Like, this is a story. Like, this is how this works. You, you have a desire to do something, and this came. I didn't even know what it would look like, but I just went, I'm going to put some flesh on this. I'm just going to walk out in it. It may crash. It may be another thing I start and doesn't go. Any, I just wasn't sure. Couldn't promise myself what it would be or not, but I just started to pursue it and created this thing. Now, um, five days a week, I put this out. Uh, Lacey and Summer post it. Uh, Lacey sends out a text. Summer throws it on Instagram, and I put it on on Telegram every morning. And uh, I was encouraging the girls this week because they just faithfully do this. Every I send it to them early, real early in the morning, and uh, they keep posting. And I said, "Be remember." We're sent, the word has a power, like we're affecting things every day that we throw, we put out the scripture, it's light, it's life, it has power. Trust in the power of the word. I'm going to run through um, this week's, um, I probably won't do this very often, but uh, my post on Monday was this scripture, for the for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea, Habakkuk 2.14. And then I, I comment, this prophetic scripture will be fulfilled before the end. Keep your eyes on the promise. It's hard sometimes to look at the world and go, the presence of the Lord is going to fill this? <laughs> How? How could he? And sometimes we feel further away from that than when we began. You know, you begin with some zeal, and then, you know, you're a new believer, and you've set your sights on Jesus and fulfilling his call and his commandment, and you're, you're going to go save the world, and you, then you step into the world, and you go, oh, oh, oh wow. It's just like, wow. I thought they'd all be impressed with me, you know, and so you run into that wall, and you're like, you can get disheartened real quickly, but we have to learn how to put our confidence in the word and in the promises. There's a, a big, this is, the heart's, this is the Lord's heart to fill the earth with the knowledge of his presence. That's his heart. If you cooperate with this, you're cooperating with him. It's not your big idea, it's his. On Tuesday, rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Isaiah 60, 
verse 1, the Passion Translation, and my comment to that was, was, what does he know that we don't know? Should we do it? Of course we should. To rise up in splendor and be radiant. Um, You kind of have to drop the shame. You have to to drop the remorse you can't afford to keep up you can't afford to keep putting those clothes on every morning you have to you have to drop you have to kind of let go you do have definitely have to let go of the disappointments of the bitterness of the of the sense that somebody ruined your life you've got to you've got to let all of that go and get your eyes on the promise and the call Rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light is dawn, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. What is that about? That's about Christ in you, and about whether you believe in that, or whether you're still looking for your own glory and your own ability to shine. I don't recommend it. And it's probably not as real in other people's lives that we think they're shining as what it appears. This is the kind of shining that doesn't wane. On Wednesday, look carefully. Darkness blankets the earth. Thick clouds cover the nations, but Yahweh arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Isaiah 60, verse 2, Passion Translation. Yep, we got the thick darkness. We got the blanket. Like, yep, it's there. It makes your heart stop sometimes. My comment to that, another scripture, even the darkness is light to you, Psalms 139. We sing a song called that. Yahweh is arising, glory is appearing. Call that forth. Call it forth for you, for your life. Contend for it. Meditate on it. Have you cashed out? Have you checked out? Have you given up hope that glory can arise in you? On Thursday, nations will be attracted to your radiant light. Nations will walk by your light and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. Lift up your eyes higher. Look all around you and believe. Isaiah 63 and 4. And again, my comment, have we underestimated the light of Christ in us? I would say yes. There has to be a transition from your hope being set in what you can do or what can happen. It's got to move out of that and into what God can do, what he has the ability to, as long as you're Faith is based in yourself. This is a hard question to ask yourself. But sometimes I think a lot of what we call faith isn't. It's, I can, I, can, I can see how that could happen, this analytical, yeah, that could happen because this could be here and this could be there. You know, that, that's not faith. That's deductive reasoning. <laughs> it's nice. I'm glad we have some of that. Some common sense, some, you know, that's, that's not a bad thing. We have a mind to, to do that. But when it comes to faith, faith is the evidence of things that you can't see. It's the evidence of things you can't figure out. A matter of fact, I just know the Lord would withhold certain things from us till we get the prayer right. Like, mm, can't give that to you yet. You're going to think it's this and it's not that. You're going to think it was you. It's not you. You're going to think it's the wonderful church you go to. It's not the wonderful church you go to. You're going to get the, you're going to get the wrong message from the outcome. When you come to this place of truly humbling yourself and, and, and setting that down, these are things where you, you start believing. We still, again, for our country... 
for this uh, uh, miraculous thing that we're, we're waiting for. I heard um, Phyllis and I were listening to um, uh, Mario Murillo, and he's talking about these, the success of these tent meetings they're having in California, and that he recently had a gathering of 500 pastors and leaders. Was it 500? 900 with their wives, almost 1,000 of these Christian leaders with their wife in one place, in one building. He went, that's not a miracle, that's science fiction. That was the funniest thing I heard. I'm like, wow, well, yeah, it's at that level. This is, this is beyond miracle, this is like science fiction. And, and we're kind of at that place. And again, because of my position to comfort you, There could be something coming that will make it even harder to believe that something good is going to happen. That, that is possible. And we have, but, 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 we have this, you don't get a moment, you don't get opportunities like this very often to believe without seeing, just to embrace the prophetic word, to just keep your mouth shut, keep your emotions under control. I have emotions too, folks. Lord, do I ever. I even have fears that are showing up. And I, I have to suppress them. Ten spies went into the promised land to give a report. The good report was only at 20%. Now, that would not win an election. How many of you realize that? But only 20% of them were right and had the Lord's heart. Like, Okay? So if you're the minority, don't let that stop you. Doesn't mean anything. The majority can be deceived. Being in the majority doesn't make you right. It may make you more comfortable... It may help you feel less like an outcast or that you belong to something, but it doesn't make it right. Let's be that 20% if that's all it's going to be, because even some of my Christian friends, leader friends are like, check now, I don't want to hear any of that stuff. I'm like, wow. Okay, I love you. I'm, as for me and my house, we're standing here. I'm believing because I believe the Lord initiated this. I believe there's bigger, much, much bigger things at play. I think God is in this. He's invested in this. He wants to save the world. What if the millions and millions of Chinese Christians are on the verge of getting uh, delivered and set free from communism? I'm hearing whispers that that could be happening. Inconceivable. It's, it's, it's like the peoples of this country, things are changing all over the world. They're not all going to be good, but there are many, many that are crying out to God. In our country, there are, I think Dutch C said, there's 100 million people in our country praying for things to take place, things to happen, good things to come, and believing for the promise. There's many of, the, of us Many more than you would think. On Friday, I wrote this out of Matthew. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Shine your light. Find out how to shine. Find out, discover what causes you to shine and shine. We are the light. Our, our commission, our call, it's the kingdom needs us to shine right where you are. You may not think you're anywhere. Trust me, it, it matters that you shine. Let that come. After all, it's his glory that's shining down on us. Whatever hinders us from radiating that, I don't know. Remove it. Get it out. Repent for it. 
get yourself in the position where the sun hits you in the full in the face. And then I wrote this. I was just sitting after I wrote this, just meditating as I finished it up this mor- that morning on Friday morning. And I had this phrase come to me. I literally, it moved me to tears immediately. Like, it just had to do with the immensity of where we are, what, and, 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 anal- I mean, you can't stop your brain sometimes. And I, I wrote these words, life goal, that my life does not expire before I have fulfilled the purpose for which I was created, to shine Jesus. So, Life goal, that you will not expire, that you will not be gone before you fulfill the purpose for which you were sent, the purpose for which you were called into this life. In your mother's womb, the, the Lord says he's the one that formed you. He knew you there. He formed you. And sometimes that's, that's a hard thing to hear. It's like, you formed me like this? With this personality, with this issue, with that issue, with this thing, with this, you know, hindrance, with this physical ailment, with this. Phyllis was reading to me again uh, just recently about the, um, I, I know this is what she's just burning to break out in, but the Azusa Street vi- revival and the humility of this man. It was at Seymour, what was his first name? William, William Seymour. He was a black man, strike. He was blind in one eye, strike, strike. And when the Lord actually told him when he was in a moment where they were in trouble from the police because these meetings in their home were disrupting the community because people were falling out, slain in the spirit, and the police were like, you've got to stop this. People can't get over these bodies laying in the street outside of the house. He's like, hmm. That's a good problem to have, but it didn't feel good at the time, I'm sure. We've got to find a place to meet. And the Lord gives him instruction and tells him to go at night to a place. He was a black man. He was not allowed to be out after curfew. All right, Lord, I'll obey you. Finds his way, follows the Lord's direction, finds his way to a house where there's a prayer meeting. And that was the prayer meeting at the end of that night when he was there and shared enough money was raised for the first month's rent and they were off and running to this old dilapidated church that, where they started those meetings. A question and um, this... Uh, there's a little book, The End of the World as We Know It, Johnny Enlow wrote, um, and he wrote this through the pandemic in uh, 2020. Um, it's fascinating to read what, and he's become my, one of my favorite leaders right now to hear him, uh, the wisdom that he has and, and what he's speaking. And uh, he's writing this through, through 2020. And he said the first question as this pandemic hit and the shutdowns began and all the issues was what a lot of the church was like, is this the end? You know, is this it? It looks like it's it. You know, is this the end? And, and this is where I stand too. The end is coming someday. It has to, to fulfill scripture. I don't feel this is the time. I just, I can't line up with that. It may look a lot like what we're going through right now. It may. I mean, I'm, if I was to write a book, it would look a lot like we're right where we're at. I went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. The FBI has collected all of the cell phone numbers of everybody that was there. True story, easy to do it. I didn't leave much of a footprint there but I did carry my cell phone. It didn't work most of the time, but it, it was there. It would be on the grid. If things, if we don't get a, uh, I don't know what's the word. If we don't get a deliverance from this moment, 
They will come and get us. They're, they will. They're on. That's the track they're on. If they're not stopped, they will. There won't be church. That's why I say there won't be a 2022 for an election. They're on track for that if they were, if it was real what they're doing and if they had power, they definitely would do that. So I have to go, take her easy, pastor. God's in control and all I can do, I can't do a thing about that. All I can do is go back to the promise. It's very motivating to believe in the prophetic word. It's the only place I see light and hope. The alternative I don't, can't even go there. It will be serious. It would be serious if it played out. I don't believe it will. And I believe in a moment when the right people are placed and things happen, then in a moment it will all be taken away because it's all illegitimate. That actor that looks like Joe Biden, it's not Joe Biden. It's not him. You cannot convince me it's him. It's an actor. Kamala Harris, she's illegitimate. She cannot be the vice president. She cannot become the president. She's not a natural-born citizen. But no one's following the rule of law right now, so I don't know what that looks like. They knew the condition of this man when they voted him in, and nobody really wanted him. It was all an act. It was all a show. They knew, they knew this, they have a plan, there's someone else. I don't think Kamala even is on there. Like they have a whole different plan and they're all working together for that, that nefarious plan. What we're watching is a big dog and pony show. It really is, I'm not being facetious, it's really not real. There's a little power, but there are big things going on. Meanwhile, our place, our position to believe, to raise a hallelujah. Every time you worship, every time we gather to worship, every time we come to pray, the Lord's doing things. We, I can track back to some of our early prayer meetings. There were a couple times. How many people gathered for like three times, not on our, like nine people, like in the midst of that? Remember we, and it kept being the number nine? Yeah, it was crazy. It was weird. We just didn't want to advertise it, a couple of us, just to pray and intercede. And we just come and follow the Lord and go home and go, what, what in the world? There were prophetic things that came out of that. Um, yeah, I'm re we're remembering, we'll see, that, that really were amazing. Remember the bow and the arrow and the dragon? Like, that, was that you? Yeah. The Lord shows us things. That's all I'm saying. He shows us things. If, if we just show up to wait on him, this is part of us. Arise, shine, let your light. You think just because we're in the middle of nowhere, we can't hear from the Lord and the Lord can't use us? Like that's stupid thinking. We, we've got to stop that. Cast that off. Jesus shines. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of, of your education, your looks, your this, your that. He's not a respecter of those things. He, 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 whosoever and believing gets you in. And so we want to be a believing people. Uh, look at uh, Acts chapter 321. Back to the subject of, is this the end? The prophetic people I'm hearing, they keep, they keep saying, this isn't it. There's an extended time that, that we, the church, understand this. I grew up in the mentality of, we're checking out as soon as we can. The rapture mentality, the, it was how you got people saved, uh, scare the whatever out of them because Jesus is coming back and you don't want to live in the tribulation. There, there's, a, there's a greater call like, than that. Some people, you have to snatch them out as by fire. I get it. But, but there's, there's, a, there's a kingdom purpose the church hasn't fulfilled on this earth yet. There, there's, there's the glorified church that needs to show up here and now. And, and so in that context, let me catch up with where you are. Acts, um, what did I just say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Acts <laughs> 321. And um, in the wrong place.
Are, are you seeing the wording there? Acts 3.21. For he must remain in heaven until the restoration of all things has taken place, fulfilling everything that God said long ago through his holy prophets. He has to remain there until there's a restoration of what the church is to be, what we're to be in this, in, in this world. And there is a, there is a hope and a, a, a place of going so, so far beyond what we've, we have gotten to before. In the end of this book, Johnny Enlow starts, I mean, he just goes for it. Um, and uh, Lana Vosser, I've referred to her several times, she wrote a book, New Era, the, the old is has come to an end, and we are on the verge of a whole entire new era, uh, and it's exciting. You can get giddy if you get your eyes on that, on what's coming, and, and all of this oppression that we've signed off on, we're just used to it. I, I, I'm going to be careful what I say, but there are things we're so accustomed, there are burdens that we're so accustomed to bearing in, in life, the drudgery of life, things that rob us and steal from us, continue, that, that the Lord has intentions of delivering us. There are things available, medicines and technology that, that would relieve so many, like so many things that are on purpose kept from us. And, and, and interesting, at the end of this book, Johnny Enlow starts talking about the Chinese people. There's 30, 30 million Christians Within the Chinese Communist within the Chinese Communist Party that are praying, they're like he said they're God's sleeper cells. At the right time, they're going to to move and do things. He was prophetically saying that. Plus, he has connections. He knows things. He writes down. He says, navigating the new era. This is just to stir you up a little bit. The good thing is God spoke to us about 2020 and beyond. He is still saying. So whatever promises we had before 2020, they're all good. Verse 2, this is not the end of the world, only an end that allows for the beginning of a new era of promise. Number 3, it's truly the end for multiple generations of evil in high places as they collide with unprecedented justice. Isn't that the most disheartening thing? Where's justice? We watched our whole judicial system totally fail. I grieved over that. That was hard. I had incredible hopes for even William Barr and different players. And I'm like, I mean, it just left me going, I don't get it. Amazing. But God's not finished. Number four, final end time scenarios are not for our lifetime. So hope, dream, plan, and act accordingly. Think 100 years. In the rapture mentality that Phyllis and I grew up in, you didn't save money, you didn't plan ahead because there wasn't an ahead. When we woke up in the year 2000, we're like, what the heck are we still doing here? I'm not kidding. The, the mindset was so deeply rooted, we couldn't like even conceive that it wouldn't, the end wouldn't have come. Like 2000 was like, I wasn't afraid of it coming. I was just like, oh, this, the end had to be here, but we're in two, now what do we do? And through the, the once we passed into that, I really started my mind, my, my whole, my whole, Everything, theology, my mind's everything had to start changing. And the person, the way I think now is so radically different from, and it's like that thing breeds a, we're only here to check out. Do you know, if you have somebody in a relationship that's just waiting to check out, that doesn't make for a good relationship. Yeah? If you... A, a person at work, like, I actually love workplaces, occupations, things. I believe it's a very wholesome thing when it's not under a taskmaster, but 
most people want to create and want to have something they put their hand to and something that, that they're a part of. Like, actually, most people are looking for that. And you have some guy that's just hitting the time clock, just putting in his time, wanting to get out and go, oh, that's sad. And, and the church has been like that. We're just like, we're just going to keep having meetings till Jesus comes. Stop fishing in the bathtub. Stop listening, verse number five point, and I'll quit. Listening to any voice that instills fear or removes hope. Endless possibilities in this new mantra. Endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. Turn with me to Romans 15, 13. I'm going to close with that. Again, exciting scripture in light of, of this. Romans 15 in verse 13. Now may God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy. Um, and remember, this happened just a couple weeks ago that I, I had had this uh, thought. I only mentioned it briefly. I think Kevin was, be, I, I forget how that happened. Yeah, there was the day that he got up to share a little bit, and I just kind of didn't really have time to do the message I had, so I just switched up, shared something, and I went to uh, John 4 and talking about Jesus giving that promise about if anyone that drinks the water that I give him, he'll thirst no more, but it doesn't stop there. His promise was, if you drink this water, after you're satisfied, a fountain will start up inside of you. And um, I saw it again for the first time. A fountain, and I, as I meditated on the scripture that morning, a month or two, whenever it was, I went, wow, do I have a fountain? Just in the secret place of my study, I'm like, oh, I don't think so. I'm not sure about the fountain thing, you know? Do I have something springing up in me? And the Pentecostals were always talking about spring up a well, and they're like joy bells, and just, it was kind of like, it would have been good, except it was so artificial, like, um, and so you're like, ah. Mm. But there is a promise in John 4 about a real spring springing up in you after you've drank from the water that Jesus gives Here's this terminology again. Now may the God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fountain, spring up a well. There is to be a fountain in us. So find out how to get for you to get the fountain turned on. For me, if I worship, especially if I do it alone, if I uh, read my Bible and don't read to get through something, but I, I read to meditate, there's a difference. When, when you sit down at the table to eat your meal. Y'all know there's the gulping method and there's the, you know, you don't really even sit to eat. You're like, it's a bad habit. Don't enjoy people. It is like that thing we do, like. And then there's the sitting down, giving thanks for it, looking at the person, you know, that, that made it and like, this is really good. Thank you for this. Like, really appreciate and really enjoying it rather than gulping it. Like food is to be enjoyed. Our diet mentality, which is counterproductive in our minds, it causes you to try to stay away from every, you know, from food like I shouldn't eat. Like be careful with that. Like how about this? You should eat. You should eat for life. You should eat for energy. You should eat for health. Do eat. You get off the junk and you eat some of your salad without a lot of stuff. on. You're like, wow, this is amazing. And when's the last time you ate slow enough that you enjoyed the piece of spinach that was in it? Like fresh, like, mmm, good. 
when I have my, this is my time with my grandson coming out. Like, I'll eat something. Mmm, so good. You know, take a drink of water. Ah, now he does that. Like, you know, he drinks and he goes, ah. Take the word. Stop trying to rush through it. Take a word. Take a scripture. And, and just set. And if you don't have it, hang out there. Go, Lord, can we talk about this? I'm trying hard. I'm even striving a little bit. <laughs> but if this is your promise, then if I just come, you've prepared a table before me. Oh, we're, there's a calling, there's a hope and a promise for you to shine, for you to be filled, for you to be more than. And look at this scripture. Overflowing, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. We're like, are you still, do you believe that for yourself tomorrow morning? Why not you? Without things changing. Without your life changing. Without your bank account changing. Without your husband changing. Without your wife changing. Without the kids changing. No, condi- no external um, qualifications here. Or limit, just, just. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his super abundance until you radiate with hope. Whew. Let me pray that over all of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray that the, the fountain of hope will spring up in every life, that we will take out the stops of unbelief and resignation to not having this, and just for a moment, while no one's looking, just go, yeah, Yeah, Lord, if you have that for me, I want that. And Father, fill each one of us to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as we trust in you. So let us leak joy, overflow with perfect peace as we trust in you, no matter what we hear, what we see, what we feel. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with supernatural abundance. Father, your supernatural abundance until we all radiate with hope. Hope. I pray that you all be filled with the hope. And this morning as we sang that song, The Blessing, I just love the opportunity to sing over my people. And so it's such a privilege to be able to sing over you as a shepherd. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Bless you. Love all of you. Do well. Get filled. Dare to believe. Amen.